0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Marketing Times Analytics. I'm here with Anastasia. Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, Nice to meet you, Alex, again. And I really appreciate you pronouncing my name correctly. Thank you so much. (laughs) You sound like... Perfect question. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Again, my name is Anastasia, and I'm originally from Russia. And right now, I've been in the states for about two years. So first, I came to study in Columbia Business School, and I got my master's in marketing analytics. Afterwards, uh, I worked for Shiseido, and mostly like a digital part of the business. And uh, just recently, I transitioned to elevator industry where I work as internal consultant. So, you know, was kind of fortunate to find a job in like 2020.
0: Definitely. That's really cool. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, you you, you went to school, you're still in school. Tell me about your schooling.
1: Sure. Um, I came to school in 2018, and the program was for one year. So, I graduated in May of 2019, and again, feel kind of lucky, you know, graduating before 2020, because it was like much easier to find a job back there. Um, And, you know, it's it's still not like 100% easy because being as like an immigrant and trying to get into such a competitive industry as beauty was kind of not easy, but I'm pretty much sure it's more difficult for people now. And my, again, going back to my degree, um, I don't think that a lot of people know that Columbia Business School not only has an MBA degree, which is extremely popular, but also like three, you know, more specified programs. And one of them is marketing analytics. So it consisted you know, of like two big parts, one of which was more of a statistical part. That's exactly why the degree is like called STEM, because Mm it relates to statistics And the whole, like, core was mostly, you know, quant um, subjects such as, like, statistics or, you know, multivariate statistics or as well as, like, probability theories and all of this. And the second part of it quite often would take, you know, courses with MBAs. It's more like business acumen, like how to actually use all of this, like, quant or, like, quantitative like tools or methods um, in order to actually be able to um, you know use on a real business cases rather than just having them like separately
0: yeah I find myself having learned a lot of that as well in school Um, I I studied uh, marketing and data analytics separately but most of it was actually learning math and analyses it seems like that that's the side of analytics that is really table stakes if you want to get into the field, and then it depends on your understanding of marketing. I think that really differentiates practitioners in in marketing analytics. Curious what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You know, um, I think we already actually talked about that, right? At some point, that like marketing kind of evolved. So I think at some point, uh, marketing was only considered being like. Marketing um, strategies or like slogans or mostly talking about this, um, you know, additional like activities to attract a customer, but not many people talk actually how to analyze the data that we get from that like, under well their work or you know again like attribution models and i think it's great that right now we're pivoting towards understanding results of this like marketing campaigns as well and trying to make them more efficient that's exactly why are like a lot of like new emerging degrees um in relation to you know this particular area
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and um So what are you hoping to bring from your schooling to your full-time job? What's like, what's the analytics or skills that, that you're hoping to really leverage?
1: Got it. I think for me it was mostly, because I already had some experience in marketing specifically, I think for me mostly to acquire this analytical part of things. Like, because before school, I had no whatsoever experience with programming, for example. And being in school and after school, I practiced quite a lot, of like, in R, and Python, you know, some more Excel as well. And so I knew it before, but right now I just understood, like, what's the better way to use it? Because right now we're not talking more about, like, small data sets when you actually manually wrote down, like, I don't know, 50 or, like, 100 customers of yours. We're talking about, like, huge data sets, and Excel is not you know, from time to time, it's not helpful as well. So I think um, I just understood how to analyze the bigger, like, amount of data and, like, understanding the patterns behind some of the, you know, behaviors of, like, customers. I think we had, like, um, one of the interesting, like, products, like, segmenting customers, understanding what are the customers are so that we can cater to each particular segment. I think it's great that we finally came to an understanding that, like, not all the people are the same right and we should not like try to have like un- unified product i think it's great that you know that from data you can actually get to understand like how many groups or how many different like products you should actually you know produce uh, i think that was great another thing as well as i worked on because you know i just um want to add some more like more examples so like the people particular understand what i'm talking about uh, one of my projects was like working on amazon reviews trying to understand how the trend has changed from 2012 like till now and like what are people most interested in in terms of beauty products because, again, I tried to mostly, like, go into the beauty industry. And from that, I understood that people became so much more sophisticated in terms of, like, how they understand products. For example, for skin products before, it was mostly, like, hey, is this cream moisturizing? Or does it dry my skin? Or what's, what's going to happen? Right now, people are actually trying to understand specific ingredients. Quite often, you will see in queries and, like, reviews, people talking that, like, I think they became, like, so much more knowledgeable about what's going on. It's why like beauty companies as well cannot stay like in their status quo they need to uh, you know understand the customer and they need to actually provide them all the necessary information so they can bring like to the table, you know informed decisions uh so that's another project and it's mostly like for this i use the modal it's, it's taken like um you know all of the reviews are the, it's called like back of words and on like based on them it tries to like extract, you know, separate topics, like what people mostly talk about. Mm -hmm. So that that was great as well.
0: That's really cool. Um, And speaking of using analytics to differentiate between customers, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, because the way I see it, we're moving from a B2C world to more of a B2B world from a marketing perspective. And what I mean by that is In B2B marketing, it's highly targeted. You're targeting individuals within an organization, likely with a purchasing job title, Mm -hmm. something where they'll be deciding which technology the company needs. And so the marketing is going to be targeted at those people as specific as possible. And there's a lot more resources put into it and, you know... um. Basically, you're going to treat those people like individuals, and you're going to do your best to cater to them. And I think mm-hmm. in the past, the way we did B to C was just spray and pray, as they say. So so yeah. you would just be posting, you know, a bunch of stuff, the demographics would be enormous um, that you would be advertising to. Um, and so there wouldn't be a lot of differentiation between customers. And there probably wasn't as much of a need to because it was probably very expensive back then. But these mm-hmm. days, the way that the data um, economy works, you can buy a package of—I um, uh, don't know if it's IP addresses or whatever—but you can you can literally just buy a demographic to advertise to, and um, right. and and then you can and it can be extremely specific. And so, in that sense, your your tactics. Become almost indistinguishable from B two B. It's just instead of a purchasing title for a company, it might be the purchaser for the household, um, and and something like that. So um, it's it's really interesting the way that we've used data to become much more specific in in marketing.
1: No, one hundred percent. Because uh, the same product can have like different characteristics. But, um, you know, for example, if you advertise, if talking about cars, so I think like when our project was actually about cars, so if you are like looking this, you know, whether the car is sporty and it actually can get speed like in a really short period of time, and other ones are more interested in safety. So if you're targeting, you know, a person who has a family and children and think mostly about safety, but in your advertising, you have like, speed or some other characteristics you know it's not going to work and i think i mentioned before you also have to have like different products as well but no not only that you should also like market and advertise in a specific way so it caters to this particular person because and if you're coming up with the wrong math product might be great But, you know, the person wouldn't know about it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I I totally understand what you're saying, and I think it's a great way. In terms of like product personalization, I think what a lot of companies came to, it's kind of like mass personalization. Mm -hmm. They're trying to understand kind of like groups of people. They, They cannot like cater to any, like every particular person, right? Because it's still extremely expensive in terms of like producing specific like product or like product line. But at least, you know, we came to mass personalization where we can say like, hey, I don't know, we have 5,000 customers and actually by using data, we can identify five different uh, categories. Talking about cars, again, speed, safety, I don't know, design, whatever it might be, and then data product as well as specific message. So they, they actually, you know, start getting like interested in what we have to offer.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um uh yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to your current role. Um can you tell me a little bit more about it?
1: Sure. It's not specifically tied to marketing analytics. Uh so I hope it's still going to be <laughs> yeah, interesting for cool. for for the listeners. Um so I just started my new role in, on November 11. So it's been like, a couple of weeks in it. Uh, But um, I I switched Before I was, you know, again, like, talking about B2B and B2C. I was, like, in B2C mostly, you know, talking about, like, consumer product. Right now I work in an elevator company where, you know, specifically we're mostly, like, B2B. And um, I'm not more like not anymore in like digital side of things right now. I'm more of like internal consultant. So we're like trying to identify, you know, the needs of different departments and trying to help them like first understand what's the cause of particular problems or what's the way to reach their goals if they're not reaching them and after like understanding the data you know understanding how it like worked historically we're actually like try to create like a specific you know like route to proceed further further in order easier to again like work on the mistake that they made before or something that didn't work before or just trying to them reach their goals in the future so um, that's more of a role that I am in right now
0: cool and what's that role called
1: it's an interesting question because um, it's called like strategist essentially in the Mm -hmm. corporation but I would say you know in consulting companies it's usually called like more of an analyst so we called me differently, like either strategist or senior analyst. Um it just depends, you know, whom like we're talking to. Because when this department I think was formed, just like uh they were more used to like the role called strategist. But mm-hmm. again, like quite a lot of people do not understand what that, that means. So then I have to say senior analyst so that they get more understanding. <laughs> but actually that's not helpful as well because analytics right now means so much. So whatever I say, usually people still like have to ask me questions to understand what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel similarly in the sense that my job is also being a strategist and and an analyst and a business analyst and a marketing analyst and whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) We look at data and try to help the business make better decisions. And that's kind of at the core of it. And we're the, you know, the people who understand how to sort through it and the people who answer the questions and, um, and the people, I guess, who are stuck looking at uh, numbers all day. And, um, and it's cool. It's a really cool job. Um, it's it's yeah. tough to define. It comes by many names, but it's very similar across uh, companies and industries.
1: I think you actually uh, kind of like pivoted me towards uh, another topic that I find like because before when we talked about analytics we didn't have like as much data and like people at some point saw that we don't have enough data right now we have so much data that quite quite often like people are getting stuck they're not uh, you know like business decisions because they're like oh my god like have all of these dashboards, but like, what does it say? So I think for for now, it's really important to be, you know, kind of like more of a business analyst, so that you can actually transfer is this a lot of data and dashboards and visualizations to real decisions, to real actions.
0: hmm Yeah, um, I think that that's the core of what it means to be a successful analyst is if the things that you produce can actually inform decisions and make positive impacts in the company. That's something that I've gotten wrong and I've also gotten right. Um, It just, you know, as time goes on, I'm, I'm learning it more and more. But if you create, sometimes it's really tempting to rush to create some analytics solution or visualization Mm-hmm. Just because it's some maybe somebody asked for it or you have a hunch that it's a good idea, but if you don't really think the whole thing through, then what can happen is you might arrive at a solution, but still be in search of the problem. And that yep. is a big um, waste of time <laughs> for for the organization for you and for the organization. And the problem is that this happens all the time. This is extremely common and uh you know everybody's trying to stand out and do their own analysis um but if there is um un- unless it's coordinated with uh leadership like what the big initiatives are and they are all thought of, you know, 6 months, a year, 2 years down the line unless they're unless they're thought of that way there's a big risk of the analytics just ending up kind of nowhere or or just like sitting there for a long time until somebody finally thinks about something they can do with it and and so i'm I'm not even sure uh i don't i don't mean to sound like i'm complaining i don't even remember what we were talking about but that that is something that happens a lot
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 i mean it's just like the topic that i'm generally interested in and that's why i think like i can talk to you like forever about it and we would, like find ourselves in like many different topics uh, so yeah no I, I think it's just like a great thing to mention in general so whenever like i don't know maybe some our like listeners actually uh, you know trying to find their career or, like the way to go i think you mentioned a great thing so whenever you work in analytics first you have to understand what the problem is because a lot of especially like big companies like oh we can pay for I don't know, this cool solution, then we're going to go for it. Don't do it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're maybe going to sound great in like a magazine, say, like, oh, this huge company bought this small company or whatever that is, but it's not about it. It's not about just having that decision out there and being cool about it. It's actually first having a problem and then, you know, getting something to solve the problem rather than, you know, kind of like the opposite way. So I think it was a great point.
0: Yeah, that's definitely, that's that's what I was trying to say, is um, you, you have to find the problem first and understand the solution in the context of, you know, this is something that's going to take a lot of time to continue running, and it's going to take a lot of overhead just to create. So let's be really intentional about what we choose to do and not do. And I think, that is what differentiates um, uh, an effective management versus an ineffective management. Is how well you can make sure that the effort that is going on is being sustained and not just constantly being turned over because you know it the whatever was created doesn't have a very clear fit into the organization.
1: No, 100%. Actually, Alex, I'm sorry, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, like ask you a question because sure. it's like fine. So I hope that you're fine with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am. Uh,
1: what do you think about it? Because again, like talking about like all the solutions uh, out there and I have quite a lot of friends who are actually having their businesses trying to help like other businesses, like consumer product businesses doing any particular um you know like kind of activity for them or like particular analysis or i have a friend of mine who does actually you know like listening in like retail stores uh so they're trying to get some like analytics from how um you know they're like salesperson work and all of this Mm -hmm. so are you more like pro in-house analytics solutions or like you know like bringing someone from outside for that
0: well generally I'm I'm you know I started as a consultant so mm-hmm. I hate consulting and oh. and so I'm always in favor of bringing somebody in and I think that that that's almost always better for organizations I mean I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that you know seasoned of an executive to really understand like all the uses for a consultant but most of the time I feel like it's better to hire somebody who's going to be loyal and grow with the company rather than pay somebody like kind of rent somebody out for a little bit Um, especially Mm -hmm. with analytics because to be successful with analytics you have to understand the context of what's being analyzed and that just takes time to understand the business you know it it could take a year just to understand the groundwork and really start coming up with interesting solutions and things like that so I would say in-house is always the best way to go, um, especially for like smaller companies um, in terms of personnel, in terms of um, tools, I think the opposite. I think, um, I think creating your own analytics solutions as a very small company could be more intensive than it might be worth doing. For instance, um, there's Adobe has a really good um, suite of marketing analytics tools. They're an industry leader. And IBM just switched to them, actually. Um, and, and so even oh. though we have tons of analytics that we create ourselves, this is going to make it that much better. Um, and so so that's something. And that's not just big companies that can do it. Small companies can do it, too. And um, and unless you're creating analytic solutions, I, I think it's probably a better use of your time to get, you know, to, to acquire some outside um, Resources in terms of like the tools that you're using. Um, however, I think the people who use the tools should be internal.
1: Got it. Maybe. Nice to. Know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that. May, maybe that'll change one day. I, I'm not sure. That's my current opinion. <laughs> Got
1: it. No, no, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a great one. Um, I think you know, unless it's in the core of your business, there is some flexibility. Mm-hmm. If it's a for sure you have to go with in-house but you know whenever it's not in the core i think like the only one um one trouble that might be for example in my mind as well what you just told me that whenever like another company comes in and especially if that company does not specifically work only on your industry it might either take a lot of time for them to understand your industry or i never even get it because they're not inside right Mm -hmm. That's, I think, the downside of that. Another downside, I don't know, I'm still, even though, of course, there are like NDAs out there and a lot of like different laws uh, around it, I still do not feel particularly comfortable about like sharing the company's data with an outside organization, especially if it's not a big one. For example, I do not understand for Adobe, it's uh, gonna be a huge scandal, right? If something happens. Mm-hmm. But like smaller business, like with 15 people, I mean, it's not, like, they're not a huge brand, like, wild, known, right? They might just start another company or, like, do something else. So I wouldn't feel particularly safe about, like, sharing my company's data with, um, you know, was some kind of, like, startup, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I mean, these days, even the big companies are getting hacked. So right, know, there's no telling what what could be going on with the smaller companies, I, my personal opinion is there's probably a lot more hacking than we even know about, than the companies even know about. I mean, if you're going to hack a company, the ultimate way to do it is for them not to know. So there's probably <laughs> right. a lot of that going on, too, that we don't even know about.
1: 100%. Like, it's so bad, like, hearing that, especially being Russian. So <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of my American friends are being concerned. <laughs> mm. that's funny (laughs) yeah
0: oh man I should have had you sign an NDA before doing this
1: (laughs) well maybe but you haven't shared with me like any data whatsoever so you know I think you're fine
0: (laughs) I think so too (laughs) cool okay well is there tell is there anything else that that you can tell me about kind of like or you know what let me phrase it this way if there's anybody that's looking to go down your path, what kind of advice would you have for them? Somebody who wants to maybe get into the beauty industry, who's interested in analytics, what advice do you have for them right now?
1: Um, I think it's going to be like not a more of like professional or industry advice, but more of, again, like what's where we've been talking. And like a lot of the other people are talking those days. It's like doing a lot of networking, right? So I'm coming like, again, from Russia where networking is not a big thing, like people in general, like are pretty, I think, like close, especially talking to strangers, Uh, being in states, I think it's a great opportunity because I uh, myself contacted, I don't marketing directors of huge companies like L'Oreal or whatever it might be, like Shiseida or like other companies. And you do have, um, you know, access to all of these resources. So whenever you decide on the industry or on the function, I think the best way to go is talk to as many people as you can to understand whether actually this particular like industry or activity is something that you're interested in. Because what happened to me, for example, coming up like out of bachelor's, I had no idea whatsoever what like the business world looks like. I kind of heard about it, but I'm like, hey, what does it's going to specifically mean to me? So I think it's a great way to understand what's actually going on there, especially when you don't have experience. And uh, the second way is well, I think mm, like I myself, for example, right now, find a job, found a job like again through networking. So I think you just have to. Builds this like acumen of like you know reaching out to people, talking to people, and understanding what does that specifically mean, and whether they can actually help you somehow. And this help is, does not necessarily have to be you know you them referring to you to like the job, but maybe they can introduce to another person, or maybe they can take you to the office so that you can better understand what the d- dynamics in there, and was there actually something that matches you uh so i think yeah my advice would mostly be on the part of like, trying to understand as much as possible about the field before you know kind of like going into there and like trying to you know make everything possible to get in
0: that's really great advice thank you thank you for uh, sharing that
1: <laughs> well hopefully it's going to be helpful to someone here because yeah, yeah you- But you already have kind of experience in that. But, uh, you know, I hope that it's going to be, you know, like kind of used.
0: Absolutely. Okay. well, you know, I think that's that's great for now. Um, I really (laughs) appreciate your time, Anastasia. And hopefully uh, hopefully I can get you back on sometime.
1: Oh, wow. That sounds great. You know, thank you for having me. It was a great time and my first experience, actually, you know, participating in that. So super excited. (laughs) I
0: appreciate it. You did great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.